Hey, welcome to the Double E Podcast with your host, Ed Davis. Now, uh, today I would like to talk about wellness uh, and alternative medicine, okay? Now, a lot of people have been interested in it. A lot of people hear about CBD oils. Uh, That's probably the most popular of all, but very few people know about them or know about other forms of medication. So I went out and I found someone that did. This woman has over 500 hours as a registered yoga teacher. She is the creator and founder of Awa, Awa Yoga, okay, which connects the energy and balance in your life. Uh, she is able to create a balance on your physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual levels. She is rehearsed in all forms of yoga, from breathing to poses, meditation, philosophy, healing, and training. Please give it up for Ashley Kane, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Ashley, how are you? Good, Ed. How are you? I am doing great. Hey, um, before we start about the benefits of alternative medicine and like yoga and the oils, because there's way more than just CBD oils that people can use, um, a lot of people are like myself who know very little about it. Now, you didn't just come out as a yoga instructor. You had to find out just like you're going to tell our listeners about it. You had to start at a certain place. So what prompted you to look into these different forms of healing? Well, it started when I was about uh, 23. Um, I was having some chronic illness and inflammation in my body, and that inflammation started attacking my left knee. And uh, became like very inflamed uh, to the point that I was having a hard time walking and doing my work and going to school and, you know, all the things you're supposed to do when you're 23. uh, (laughs) I I couldn't do them. Okay. And uh, so anyway, I started going to a sports medicine doctor who took the fluid off my knee, gave me cortisone shots, which um, if you look at the... the, um, side effects of those cortisone shots they're really not that great for you you're not supposed to have them that close together and I had probably three of them within three months time of each other Uh, once I got once I went back in again and my knee was still having that response they finally sent me over to a rheumatologist um, who started giving me well made me go and um, have blood drawn and tests done and MRIs done and yada 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 all of them all (laughs) that they make you do uh and what it came down to is that he told me i had rheumatoid arthritis and i was 23 like rheumatoid arthritis is for people who are 80 uh i'm glad you didn't say my age okay (laughs) i I don't know whenever or arthritis like sets in but not when you're 23 i didn't think um So anyway, that's what he told me. He put me on some medicine that made me very sensitive to the sun and anemic um, for about nine months. And that was like to no avail. My body was still doing the same shit. My knee was still um, 
not cooperating with me. And so I went back in and he told me that I would have to give myself a shot once a month forever, <laughs> basically. Wow. And uh, I told him no, thank you, in a not so nice way. <laughs> I basically flipped the bird and said, see you later, bro. Um, yes, very yogic of me, right? <laughs> That's so okay. I, that is fine. Was, that's I mean, you're office. being honest with our listeners. That's that's cool. You what? I said you're being honest with our listeners. That's cool. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm about. So, uh, anyway, I left that office and decided that I was going to take it into my own hands and do what I needed to do to heal my body. And what that came down to was that I found an Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, Ayurveda is. I mean, stereotypically known as the sister science to yoga. Um, and this practitioner, we sat down on a, um, a FaceTime chat, or at the time I think it was a Skype chat or whatever. Um, and within an hour, he had told me basically what I needed to take out of my diet, what I needed to eat, um, to start going to the chiropractor and to start a yoga practice. And uh, I was pretty much at a, a point I was very desperate for anything that would help and so I took in everything that he told me to do um, with the exception that I really did not want to go to yoga I I was like I did not want to go and huh. take a class and I don't know why in my mind at that time I just thought that yoga was this weird thing where you went and got into a pretzely position and I didn't understand what the hell you're supposed to do with that um, but because he uh, or told me that that's something that would help my body, um, I finally got over my fear of one, like going and not knowing, uh, what I was supposed to do or what was supposed, like expected of me, what the result would be, whatever. Um, and I went to Lava Yoga, to, uh, here in Topeka, which is sort of like doing yoga in a sauna. Oh, um, wow. and it, it was amazing. My first class, I remember just sweating my ass off, but it it was amazing. And after you laid on the mat, so at the end of every yoga class, typically um, there's something called shavasana or corpse pose that you lay in uh, to allow your body to do its processing. And so as I was laying there, I had like tears coming out of my eyes. I had no idea why I was having that response, um, but I left the studio and just felt amazing. And basically, from my first yoga class on, I was um, pretty addicted to the feeling that it would give you. Uh, so that's that's where my path into yoga started. And and what kind of foods did you have to give up? Um, basically, uh, nightshades were the big one, um, and dairy and alcohol and red meat <laughs> sugar and gluten and all of the things let me are, let me rephrase that what could you eat um basically some leafy greens uh a lot of broccoli what else did i eat i had did that uh, give you gas do what did you get gas from broccoli i oh, was I told mean, that you can or maybe I was told, or maybe I just think that. broccoli will cause that. Okay. See, I was thinking that. So leafy <laughs> greens, lots of broccoli. Yeah, and I, I'm 
spacing on the name of hang on I gotta go to my I gotta go to my kitchen and see what the rice was that I was <laughs> Collard greens and... Quinoa. I had a lot of quinoa. Okay. And and how soon did you start to feel results? Within a month. So I had been struggling for about nine months. Wow. All of my symptoms were cleared up, which basically made me a believer in everything that I had done up to that point. And... Um, is the reason that I followed this path really is because I wanted to be able to give that back to people. Oh, that's uh, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it truly is like my intention is because I, I came from a space where my body was very inflamed and um, figured out how to take that down and make myself feel better. And so through the whole process of beginning a yoga practice and starting to sort of drop into awareness in my body and, um, finding like what my emotional trigger triggers were my physical triggers even you know what I was eating and all these things it made me very curious about I mean one the body two emotions and how they work in the body and three the mind the mind is a huge factor in all of these things see okay now my biggest fear of going to a yoga class is that number one I'm not going to be able to do the pose. And number two, people are going to stare at me because I can't do the the pose. Yeah. So did you have any of those little fears? Oh, definitely, yeah. When you go into a yoga class, you just, you're always, it, there is this intimidation of like people who have been there longer than you who um, you feel like you're going to be judged for yeah. like not, and that's, that's totally something that came into my mind. Like, that's why I didn't want to go to that class. I had someone, like, drag me into a class with them. And thank God for her, because I probably wouldn't have gone by myself. Um, and I ended up just loving it. But really, I mean, what it comes down to is that if you if you find the right studio and you find the right teacher and, you know, the right people around you, and, I mean, it doesn't even matter, too, if you can walk in and just know that you are going onto your mat I don't know what the dimensions are, but you're on your mat. You're in your own little bubble. You have someone guiding you, and it's not about anybody else. I mean, you're there to meet yourself on the mat. And and if they are self-conscious as far like I would be the first couple of times, they could get private sessions with you, couldn't they? Yep, yep. I've actually had several people do that. So starting with private sessions, and then and they kind of integrate into the group sessions, see. which cool way to do it because uh when I do the private sessions it's obviously um one-on-one -on -one, and so I get to talk more with them about what's going on in life and that's kind of where we get to break open the emotional level of things and you know the processing of you know, what's happening in life and um sort of some contemplations and reflections that help people move through whatever they might be going through at this point in time in their life Okay, now, would you also, or, and I don't know if you do do this, go to their home and, I don't want to say raid their refrigerator and cabinets, but would you be willing to go to their home and discard unhealthy foods? Or do you just well, trust I've them to do it? I've never had anyone ask me to do that, but I totally do that. <laughs> 
Then I'd take them all home and eat them. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you could carry all this unhealthy stuff in my house. That's you have Reese's peanut butter cups. See? Yeah, I just, yeah. That's probably my biggest thing of all that you said would be eating hey, healthy. I'm and, not claiming that I'm, like, perfect by any means. Oh, like, no. I love my sweets still, but See? I've learned to balance myself, so. Okay. Yeah, and I could I could balance, maybe a little. Yeah, kinda. Okay. Come in, come in and do a tree pose, and we'll see. Okay, what is a tree pose? <laughs> is that the one where you look like a? Is it a pelican or an ant? One of those birds that only stand on one well, leg. Sort of. Yeah, you're on one leg and you've got one knee out to the side. Oh, it's got to be out to the side. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be done. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah, yeah. make whatever version you want. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> knee's got to be a little closer to the other knee to start <laughs> off with. Then I'll be okay. Then as we grow, <laughs> I can move up. it out. Yeah. Yes. Now, you... Okay, so you're going through yoga. It's been a month. You're starting to see the effects of it. You're seeing the effects of changing your diet. Uh, how did you become a teacher? What what motivated you to give back? I mean, you know, and what was that process like? Did you? So it's yeah. actually been like a very long, arduous journey um, from that first class. I mean, I was going through a lot of physical stuff at that point in time, and um, once I alleviated that, I continued to go to yoga um, and. This is also after having my first child. I thought that going back to running would be a great idea, and it was not a good idea at all. <laughs> it was probably part of what the deal was with my knee. Um, so anyway, I also went through like some postpartum depression with both of my kids. Wow. And I, I went in and out of yoga classes while I was pregnant. I didn't think that the heat was good for me while I was pregnant, and so I quit. Uh, class for those nine months that I was carrying and so I'd have to like go back both times I got back in very slowly and it's a great way after after during and after pregnancy to like um, build your muscle back up in a very gentle way um, I mean yoga is really not as scary as what everybody thinks it is it's actually uh, can be very gentle it's really the mind that has issues with going into a yoga class and and doing right. these different practices um but for me so going through that depression and then I also at the time um, was married and uh my husband was out of town out of town all of the time so I was at home with the kids by myself um and felt very like alone and isolated and that didn't help the depression so I mean it was just kind of all this whirling I don't know, pot of despair, hole of despair that I put myself in. And, and yoga was the light for me that would, like, bring me back to life. Um, so any time that I could get away from the house and go and practice, I would go. And I eventually we moved to Eudora, Kansas, and um, I found uh, a teacher there. Her name's Mary uh, Kirkendall, and she became sort of like this, sun sunshine to me she was like a light in my life that I absolutely needed at that time and I remember telling myself um after going and practicing with her which it was about an eight month span that I practiced with her on and off 
um, that I wanted to be that same light for people that she emanated. And um, that was sort of the first thing that I remember thinking to myself and making that intention that I wanted to, like, give this back to people in some manner. Um, And so from Eudora, we moved to Greeley, Colorado. And um, when we got out there, I kind of started, like, hearing this whisper in my ear that I needed to teach. I needed to teach. And I kept kind of, like, flicking it away, like, nah, I'm good. Like, I... I'm overweight right now from kids. I'm depressed. Like, nobody needs me to be a teacher right now. But something kept telling me I needed to go and find someone to train me. And so I finally uh, got on the Internet and started doing searches for um, trainings. And it just happened that there was a person who did teacher trainings in Greeley. um, And she, after contacting her, um, her name's Krista Lidiak, and she owns Sacred Space in Greeley, Colorado. And um, she told me that she would work with my schedule, you know, being a stay-at-home mom and and not really having a whole lot of time away from the kids. um, She allowed me to come in when I had the time, and I would just go and spend as much time as I could at the studio to um, accrue, I mean, one, my 200 hours, but then also the, um, the knowledge that she was, like, putting into me and so it was about a year span that it took for me to do a 200 hour training which um these days and especially like now that yoga's kind of like taken hold here um trainings are almost like puppy mills I feel like and so for (laughs) me to take a year to let all of that sink in all this teachings and being able to reflect and make changes on myself um I felt like that was um a huge advantage that not a whole lot of people get to have because they do these immersive trainings, they get spit out and then all of a sudden they have to figure it out on their own Mm. where it was really cool with her because she, um, you know, we did the training. We took as much time as we needed to. I got through the 200 hours and then she let you come in and teach in her studio for, um, 12 hours after you got your training done, which was, I thought was really cool. She let you like come in and, really find your voice and um, learn how to do the teachings in a safe space. Um, So anyway, I mean, that's kind of the story about how that happened, and it's just been ongoing from there. Oh, wow. Now, if someone came to you pregnant and they're doing yoga, at what point in the pregnancy would you say, okay, either scale back or maybe you need to stop until after you've had the child? So it's recommended to uh, be very, very gentle, obviously, within the first three months. So like the first trimester, right. being very, very gentle. Um, and a lot of people don't even realize that they're pregnant in those first three months unless they're like very in tune with their body. But um a lot of times people probably wouldn't even change their practice in those first three months, whereas typically if you know you're pregnant, it would be um, more gentle. Um, and then after that, I mean, it would be basically the same thing. I wouldn't want people to come in and, like, start a vigorous practice like when they got pregnant. Um, but if people have been practicing up to the point of pregnancy, like, keep practicing and doing what you do. Um, and listening to your body. I mean, a lot of people who do the practice um, have become very in tune with listening to what their body needs and what it's, like, asking for and where not to push. Um, So I would say, you know, 
practicing as you would practice and you know the bigger that the belly gets the bigger the baby gets um you're going to be more limited to what you can do and so just being gentle with yourself really okay and the i mean it's very very serious the the postpartum mm-hmm. oh man yeah, it, yeah. and and i mean the yoga gave you an escape for kind of like a hour or so escape from that or 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 how did it help it it wasn't so much an escape i i wasn't trying to escape anything it was really just a space for myself um particularly when you have kids and you have a family and you have all of these things um it's it's sort of dehumanizing um i fed both of my kids um i mean i breastfed both of my kids and I don't know, there's there's something sort of, and in my, in my perspective, it was very dehumanizing to sort of just be like this milk machine, this mm. laundry machine, this like food machine, <laughs> like that's all that it was about. And um, the only thing that made me feel like I was connected back to myself and who I am um, as a human and what I needed for me was to go to that yoga class and to just like have an hour of peace where I got to feed myself rather than giving to everybody else around me. I've, I've always been sort of a martyr for everyone around me. See. Now, what really drew me to you uh, and I thought was, like, super cool, you have been, it was India that you went to, to learn, wasn't it? Yeah, I went last summer to India. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, how did you how did you pull that off? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, fast forward from deciding to teach yoga to teaching yoga, and um, basically, the deeper you go into the practice, and the deeper you go into reflection and meditation and all of these things, uh, the more you really start looking at your life and noticing the things that do not. Um, do not like fit into your life, I guess. And so at that point in time, um, not, not long before I went to India is when, um, I told my ex-husband now that I didn't want to be married anymore. And, uh, that was, I mean, it was like a very eat, pray, love moment. (laughs) I can joke about now, but at the time it was like very serious. Um, but yeah, like that was, that was a, realization that I had come to that I didn't think I wanted to be married anymore and that I I wasn't honoring who I was as a person um, by being in that relationship anymore and uh, I mean it was it was a very difficult time and difficult experiences and communication wise and and conversation wise that wasn't easy to go through but um, after saying that out loud um, to him Uh, It wasn't long after that I felt like I needed to, like, withdraw from society, from my role as a mother, from my role as a wife, from, like, everything that I had become familiar with because I was so uncomfortable in in the space that I was in. I, I didn't know what else to do, and so I knew that I needed to go and, like, take space for myself. And um, that was something that I had always wanted to do was go go to India and kind of go back to the root of the practice. Um, and so, you know, I, I 
talked to him and you know said i i think i want to go and do a training in india so that one like i can do the training i can like take my my teachings to another level but also like going and um spending that time at the ashram with myself in reflection and in healing and in in just i mean it was complete peace while i was there but um that that was really how that came about so i mean it was like within two weeks of that i had found the ashram i was going to and um, within like six weeks of that decision and booking it, I was in India. It was very quick. Wow. And how long were you in India? It was about, um, I mean, it was a little over a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, it uh, wasn't like terribly long, but it was a little over a month that I was there. And it was a very powerful month. Okay. Uh, so then... So now you're recently divorced. You're uh, raising two kids, uh, and you're back after one month from India. Uh, so then, is that when you decided? Did you already have your yoga studio yet? Yeah, I had had the studio in Greeley. Um, so I opened the studio in my sunroom in Greeley. Uh, the summer of 2017 what year is it (laughs) where are we at here Um, i know i'm jumping around but (laughs) no you're okay you're okay i'm in my mind trying to remember exactly how i did this so i started the studio in Greeley in the summer of 2017 and uh also got my Reiki um, attunement and training that fall, um, which is kind of, it's a crazy story how that whole path like opened up really the doors and the flow of people into the studio. Um, but I did, I had a, I had a studio in Greeley that was fairly busy for the seven months that I was open and then I shut it down to go to India and then while I was in, in India, I sort of had like this lucid state after um, a cleanse that we did that I heard, I heard a voice that said I needed to go home. So within like two weeks of coming home from India, I moved back to Topeka. Wow. Okay. It's been very, it's been very tumultuous. <laughs> kind of crazy. Oh, now, and we talked about this when I first met you, about... Uh, the breathing and and my big one meditation. Yeah, I thought when you meditate, because I told you I was doing it wrong. I don't know why I thought that I would have like no thoughts enter my mind. I would just be almost in like a hypnotic state. Yeah. And meditation is not that. Correct? Especially when you first start, it's yeah. not that. I mean, eventually I think you can kind of get there. I'm still working through all of those things. Um, but, yeah, when you first start, like, there's no way that you can expect to not have any thought whatsoever. Like, our minds are like little monkeys, and they just run around and say crazy things all the time. So that's really what meditation is, is just beginning to watch the mind and its antics and the way that it, I don't know, the way that it does its thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and then you take the meditation and you mix it with your breathing, correct? Uh, or is how does that? I mean, can, meditation. I mean, really, you can focus on the breath, and that is your meditation. Okay. Um, meditation be a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, I guess to talk about maybe like where my meditation practice started and how it's evolved. Would that be okay if I yeah. talk about that? No, yeah, that's great. So um, I started meditating pretty regularly in April of 2017. And um, I was afraid to start doing that because there were there were things um, in my life and in, in my being that I was harboring, harboring that I was guilty. I felt guilty for um, and I felt shameful for. And so anything that made me reflect and look in on myself was very scary for me. Um, but I did force myself to start meditating and to start like looking inward and noticing my mind and noticing my emotions and noticing, I mean, my breath and just everything is really what meditation is about. It's just taking time of like silence and stillness to look inside. Um, and I started with the Insight Timer app doing guided meditations on there. Um, I found one of the people who posts on there, her name is Sarah Blondin. I absolutely love her meditations. I love her voice. Um, and I love the way that she leads people through the visualizations that she does. And where can we find that? In Insight Timer app. I-N-S-I-G-H-T Timer app. And it looks like the little icon is a... Um, a meditation bowl. Okay. And then her name is Sarah Blondin, which she's, yeah, she's an amazing teacher, but there's a lot of amazing teachers on there. Um, and I, I think that that's a great way to start because when you sit and you try and meditate for your first times and not knowing like what the hell you're doing or <laughs> not being guided through something, like your mind is just going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Exactly. And like, fuck, I'm meditating, but I'm not fucking meditating because my <laughs> mind is just... And so, I mean, there you there you are, sitting in your shit, listening to your mind talk, and it's just taking over. And uh, so, yeah, I highly recommend, if you are new to meditating, get on one of these apps and have one of the teachers guide you through things. And so what I would do for the guided meditations is I would, like, wake up in the morning. I love to, like, wake up in the morning and just lay in bed and meditate because one it's comfortable and two you're still sort of sleeping and three it's comfortable (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, so I would sit and I'd kind of feel into like you know if I was like feeling I don't know sad or grief or like angry or whatever it was I would pull up um, a guided meditation around that word or around that feeling or whatever it was so that I could maybe like gain a little understanding about why it was there um and it helped I mean it just helped and it helps to like sit and do that and like breathe and meditate and set intentions before you even put your feet on the floor I think it's a great way to just start the day um it helps you like find your center and find your groundedness inside the body before like going out into the chaos that is society these days um how long should you meditate 
to begin with, it's very difficult to keep the mind focused enough on what you're doing that I started out with like five minute meditations. Um, and it slowly kind of worked my way up from there. If I had more time and I felt like sitting in it longer, I would. Um, and then other times it would just be like very short and that was all I needed. Like there's one that's a six minute meditation that I still love to listen to every once in a while. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's simply like morning meditation is what that one's called. Uh, and it's a very nice one for waking up and then I'll, I'll go to sleep with like, uh, a 60 minute, like music meditative thing at night and that it feels really good to go to bed with that too um or like a uh, yoga nidra which is um another guided way to take your body into um, relaxation 